0: all right hi welcome back to the synchronous city podcast i'm nicole and i'm megan and we are so excited today we have caesar Marin on the show today he um, has some really great stuff he is um, a former journalist being in the industry and now he is in the psychedelic world without further ado We'd love for him to introduce himself.
1: First of all, Nicole, Megan, thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. It's an honor. It's been, um, I've only been in the psychedelic space for nine months, um, and you guys were one of these first platforms that I sort of saw and and, and heard the message and saw what you guys were doing, and it sort of resonated so much with me and what I want to do with what I'm doing in the psychedelic space that, that, like I said, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you guys. Um, So who am I? I am a ex-journalist. I worked at CNN for 25 years, um, and somehow the medicine found me when it most needed me, or when I most needed it. Um, somehow people start talking to me about psilocybin, about mushrooms, uh, back at the summer of last year, um, and uh, my childhood curiosity is poked at, and I go, okay, wait a minute, what is what is this psychedelics, and what is this psilocybin, and and at the time, I was battling a cannabis addiction. I was I was addicted to cannabis. I was you know um i think cannabis is a really wonderful plant medicine if you use responsibly if you use with intentions but when anything takes over you um whether it's alcohol gambling cannabis whatever it can be once you're once that addict once that whatever it is is taken over it's it's, a, it's it's the addict who has the problem so i sort of dive into psychedelics out of a recreational curiosity i wanted to get a high i wanted to see what this other high was about um And really quickly, I realized that there was, these were really powerful medicines that that are helping people. And after my first real awakening, um, as a a journalist, I go in and I dive and say, what happened, what what just happened? What happened to me? What what was it that happened in my body that i would never felt before? This sort of consciousness is awakening of, of what's going on. And that's when I realized that, wait a minute, this is being used as medicine. It's being used for people to treat anxiety, to treat depression. To treat PTSD, and I continue to research, and I come across this thing called microdosing, and I'm like, "What is this microdosing?" And I go, "Wait a minute, people are using this to help curb and deal with their substance addiction, with their with their dependencies to to a substance or to whatever," and I go, "Mate, that might be the elixir. That might be what I'm looking for." And I'm I'm, I'm I have this adage that the addict is always thinking and acting with the mind, not with the heart, right? The mind's the one that says, you know what? Just one more hand and we'll stop gambling. Just one more drink and I promise you tomorrow we'll stop. Just one more joint and that's it. We'll never smoke weed again. And it's not until the heart says, okay, we seriously have to stop. We have a problem whether we're escaping or whether whatever. And it's when I started reading about microdosing that the heart really started to open up and said, okay, wait a minute, that's it. That's how maybe you can stop. This addiction to cannabis, and at the same time, when I start microdosing, I go in with the intentions of one: stop the cannabis addiction, like stop the stop having something take over my life and not me control my life. And then also, what happened after CNN? Like, what was going to happen after I was done with CNN? Because I knew that CNN had just gotten bought out, or at least Warner Media had bought bought out by Discovery. So I figured I was a potential number on the spreadsheet. Number forty-five. How long has he been here? Twenty-five years. How much is he making? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. And that's so I asked the medicine to help me with that, and it was, it was really powerful what came to me, um, through this experience of microdosing, and that's how cultivating wisdom, which is the apparel brand and the lifestyle brand that that that, that I founded, is about. Um. I, I I came to a point where I was like, okay, if I want to manifest the fact that I'm using psychedelics you know, responsible. One. Like that microdosing has helped me curb an addiction that I've been dealing with for ages and I've been able to control it. That microdosing has helped me be more creative, more empathetic, more in tune with who I am. If, if I want to wear something, everything's very tie-dye. Everything's very psychedelic. Everything's very like hippie. And if I wear that, a guy 50 years old, wears something like that, what are they going to say? Is a hippie. He's a stone. I'm not going to listen to him. He's off a Grapelle's Dead concert. I'm going to pay attention to that guy. So I said, why not create an apparel brand that starts and elicits conversations, that I can wear something like this, that's microdosing, with a jacket on, and I come off as a father, a husband, a son, a member of my community, someone who votes, someone who volunteers. And yes, I use psychedelics. I use them as a life performance enhancer. I use them because it makes me feel more authentic, it makes me feel more in tune with who I am. I'm more kind to people. I smile more. I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm not using this irresponsibly. So, yeah, that's so. The idea of going from a journalist to now being a, a, a owner and a founder of a lifestyle and apparel brand in the psychedelic world is 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 a bit crazy. Sometimes I go, "Am I tripping? Am I, is this really happening?" So. That's that's pretty much who I am. That's, um, you know, we're, we're cultivating wisdom. I, I wanted to be um, part of a movement in the psychedelic world that we are part of um, Moms Who mushroom that we are part of, you know, Mental Joe, that we are part of Maps, that we are somehow, you know, the brand that people see and say, yeah, you know what? What these things do is they cultivate wisdom in this, and hopefully we can spread that wisdom to others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, thank you for being a part of it and jumping in because I think so many, we get stuck on the hamster wheel and yet when we get called to do something, we're like, oh no, we can't do it or whatever, you know, ego tells us. And, you know, you mentioned that like cannabis, right. You know, cannabis is such a powerful tool. Like if you go down and, uh, Megan and I have sat many times in ayahuasca and before a ceremony, they will ask you, is anyone use cannabis? as a plant medicine with intention, not this Western, you know, idea of just smoking and getting high because indigenous and, you know, a lot of South America, um, you know, Colombia, Brazil, Mexico, they use cannabis as a way to connect to God. They don't use it to get high and drive around Mm. and eat a lot of Cheetos. Cheetos, Exactly. Um, No,
1: No, I'm, (laughs) I'm Colombian. I'm Colombian myself. So I'm aware, I'm aware of the history and the use of the indigenous people of that plant, like you said. Yeah. And it's not, and again, I, I I never throw shade at cannabis. You know, it's not cannabis's fault no, yeah. that I've had an addictive personality, right? It's not cannabis' fault. It's sort of unfortunate that for me, I let it take over, right? I let whatever it was, it could have been anything. It could have been gambling, it could have been alcohol, it could have been prescription drugs, it could have been shoplifting, it could have been pornography, it could have been whatever, whatever it could whatever those vices are. Right. So it's right. not, it's not, the blame is not on the cannabis. The cannabis is right. it's wonderful for people who use it with intention. I and mean, there's people who are going through chemotherapy that it wasn't, if it wasn't for the cannabis, they wouldn't eat. It. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's sort of, I just, I just have real respect for it.
0: Right. Well, and it, but it, it's deemed almost, it's almost become um, an escape here in the Western world instead of looked at as a plant medicine, because it is an extremely power plant medicine, mm-hmm. um, with use, you know, with proper intention and set and setting and all of that sure. kind of stuff. Cause, um, I know for firsthand I used to use it heavily as a way of escaping, especially in my like, um, early teens and into college. Like there was a lot of, you know, I could probably look back and say it was an it was an addiction. It was a way that I coped with childhood. It's a way I coped with a lot of things in my life was just, get really stoned and disassociate because that
1: was easy. You said it, escapism. That's, I think that's what it's used for. And it's funny because um, when when I tell my mother, who's 80 years old, that I'm going to use psychedelics to stop my cannabis use, she was like, you serious? Like, have you lost your mind? Like, what is, like, hello? And she called my wife and she said, look, I'm really, like, I'm worried, like, I'm concerned. Like, I'm seriously concerned about what he's doing. And she said, I'm going to be honest with you. She goes, before he was escaping, he was escaping from everything. He was going to work and getting high. He was coming home and getting high. He was going to the supermarket, not to get eggs because the recipe clock for him. He was getting high. Now he's not escaping. anymore. He's there. He's, he's confronting. He's sort of realizing, hey, my life is going to change. I'm going to get laid off from my job. I'm going to have to start doing something. You need to be present. You can't be escaping. You can't. know." You, you, you can't be doing that. So it's, you're right. I think cannabis we use with intentions. Yes, it's very powerful medicine, but like anything, we can, we can get lost.
2: But I think that's the big difference between psychedelics and things like marijuana or alcohol or anything is that there's not an addictive quality. And instead of Escapism, it makes you look at the underlying issues and deal with them because when you have an addiction, it's not being able to deal with pain. Hmm. So addicts are essentially afraid of pain, and then there's pain addicts, but substance abuse addicts are afraid of pain. Yeah, they actually think any pain will kill them, and I think that that's what's so remarkable about, um, you know, cannabis or about psychedelics and that's the big difference that people don't understand is that you're going to be confronted whether in then I want to hear more about your story on like how you took it to get high yep. and how that kind of led to all of this because yeah you're going to be in an altered state but I wouldn't really consider it high it's kind of like so yeah. like let's go down the wormhole of um wake up and see that there's more to life than just here and now uh and that that's you know, what are, what happened with us. Um, and I want to hear about how, you know, how all that kind of transpired. Did you, you, so at first you didn't use it with attention and then you did. The, or the, psychedelics, was that? the psychedelics. You said you yeah, were so, called. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he was hearing
1: it. So the, yeah, the, the, the process it. was really, it was, it was funny because, um, you know, someone close to me says, look, I went to, I went to Martha's vineyards and my husband and I had half a chocolate bar and like, wow. We felt like children. Like the fireworks were going off, and I found this new love for my kids. And I looked at my husband, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's why I love him." So she was like, "There was this wonderful feeling." And a couple of weeks later, I'm on this bike ride in Atlanta, and I'm riding next to a friend of mine, and he looks all giddy. And I'm like, "What's what's up with you?" He goes, "I just had some mushrooms, and like I feel like a child riding a bike for the first time." So um, that's how it sort of started to like okay. And then the first part was like okay, I, well I want to get high, I want to sort of hallucinate, I want to see all these colors, I want to see all these feelings. And I get a chocolate by myself, but the first time I only have a piece of the chocolate bar thinking it's like cannabis. Um, I'm gonna smoke one drag of a joint and get high. You know what I mean? I'm gonna get high. You know, if it's good cannabis, I'm gonna get high. So I just have a piece of the chocolate bar. And I go on the bike ride the week, you know, a couple weeks later, and I had like a smile, but I didn't have like, I was like, where is all the hallucination? Like, where's all this trippiness that people were talking about? And it was crazy because I tell people, Any other substance that Attic and me might have said, okay, let's go tomorrow. Let's try. Let's eat the whole chocolate bar. Let's see what's happening. But the medicine was like, no, just hang out. Just wait a second. Not yet. And it was a week later. And it was the week. It was funny because it was the Monday before Halloween. So picture this. All the houses in Atlanta are all decorated for Halloween. Everything's very spooky. You know, the city's all lit up. I have half of the chocolate bar, which pretty much is like a museum dose close to two grams and i go on this bike ride and all of a sudden i go oh my goodness this is what my hand like this is what my hands feel like and this is what it feels like to breathe and look at the that's what the green looks like and look at the night sky and i feel like a child and and it was it was enough where it wasn't i wasn't altered where i couldn't i lost sort of perception of time i i I was, I was, it was enough where I it was an awakening to what was going on, but I, but the funny thing is, as I drove home, and I'm driving in my car, there was this consciousness that said, why are you driving like this? This isn't really smart for you to be driving like this. When I know for a fact with any other substance, if it would have been cannabis, I would have, like, hey, light up another one, we'll be fine. If it would have been alcohol, I've driven in worse situations than like this. But the whole way home, even as the lights were going off like fireworks, and and part of me was like, Wow, part of me was saying, You what are you doing? And I was like, What are you doing with your life? Like you're you're walking around in the state, you're driving around in the state of being high all the time. This isn't really smart. And that's when I got home and was like, What just happened? Like, what really did just happen? And that's when I sort of then start to microdose on a protocol i be, i i become an expert in microdosing you know as much as i could before i started to microdose and that's what i tell people don't please don't microdose because i'm microdosing don't microdose because you heard my story and it changed my life and i was able to sort of open up my perception and and create new pathways and start a business and i'm fine now. no no microdose because you have intentions of why you want to microdose microdose because you know that this is a process microdose because you've educated yourself to know as much as if you read something, you go, oh, you know what? I read about that, I heard about that, I know that that's gonna do right. That you do that before you start to microdose because again, they're very powerful medicines. And so it's 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 all about this education part. It's all about um, you know, my awakening took me to say, um, be out there and be the face of your generation. There's a lot of people talking about microdosing. And a lot of people in their 20s, and their 30s, you know what? I'm going to tell you I might get those. In their 40s, you know what? People my age, they're like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Like mushrooms, like the same ones that I tried once in college and got really, really, really sick. And I promised myself that I would never, ever, ever do that again. Those same mushrooms? Yeah, but two questions. How much did you have? Well, I, I don't know. That's problem number one. Number two, what were your intentions? I didn't have any. That's your bigger problem. So it's that's that's how the the, the medicine comes to me. That's how it became um, you know, part of part of my practice. You know, I know that I am on microdosing cycles, right? That integration is a bigger part of the practice than the dosage itself. That I need to take breaks in integration, right? Take the three, four weeks off and just say, you know what? What have i learned what's going to happen next can i do i really have to sort of take medicine on time um i've had three three what they call heroic doses or, or or macro doses um that have been incredibly profound um the first one was incredibly beautiful the second one was enlightening the third one was incredibly horrifying terrifying challenging eye-opening very eye-opening um so it's it's, it's it's the idea for me is again to be this voice to talk to people with gray hair and say hey look it, it can it can the, the see the problem was the message wasn't wrong the tone was wrong As they sat there and they said it's going to change your mind if they would have said it's it's going to change your mind we would have been so much different right it would have been Completely so that's the idea. The idea is now to go out and say, hey, you no know what? it could potentially change your mind, the way you think, of what you're stuck in, of what has you really, you know, in this rut or has you hopeless or has you wondering what comes next, <clears throat> especially, especially when you get to the age of 50. Because what happens then? You look at yourself and you go, there's 50 this way. You know, there's not 50 this way. So what do you do with the so, ones?
2: So do you even smoke weed anymore?
1: I have smoked weed. I, it's just not a crush. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, there's, been, there's okay. been one or two social occasions where people have been, you know, in a social occasion. I was like, you know what? Let me sort of partake, sort of, you know, see if I sleep better tonight. Um, but it's not the get up, get high, go to work, get high, you know, go to the supermarket and get high. It's it's no longer that. It's no longer um. I have a sense, and, and people, because people ask me, so is uh, don't you think it's you're just changing one addiction for another? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or one drug, I mean, drug, drug is ending for another. And I was like, here's the difference that I feel. When, at the time of the addiction, if there was cannabis in my night table, I wasn't happy until it was gone. I wasn't smoking until it was gone. I can sleep with mushrooms for days in my night table, and there's never a day where I was like, oh my God, my day was so bad. I got to go do something. And I think that's the point. There's never – I think that the, 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 the microdosing and the psilocybin has helped me so much live in the present that there's no such thing as a bad day or a good day. It's just a day. It's just it is what it is, right? And it's how I react to it and how I see it that makes it then how I sense it. So there's there's no longer that, it, that need for escapism because I'm living the now. Because you're right, you and, and you talked about again, sort of that addict lives, or either in the depression of the past, you know, if I would have done this, if I would have done that, or that anxiety of the future. So you escape, sort of not not feel those, or sort of, and now I think if you live in the present and you don't, the past is the past, I mean, what I did an hour ago is gone, and what I'm going to do an hour from now, that's that's not for certain. So if I'm able to close those two doors to the past and the future and live more present now then i think that's that's where i think that's where the beautiful moments happen
2: agreed but the um yeah i mean i think people definitely need to be more present in their life but i am going to ask you a hard question please
1: please all of them
2: so um in order to deal with addiction right i i personally believe in right or wrong it's not Everybody has different opinions. An addiction is the absence of a higher power or source in your life. Um, Lack of purpose, lack of love, Mm -hmm. lack of being enough. Mm -hmm. And when we work in psychedelics, we go back into our scripting and we see where we were scripted into our parents, where we were scripted into society. So how have psychedelics helped you reprogram that so that you don't want to reach for the weed so that you don't want to escape from your life anymore, because these are the things that we're seeing in our clients is those God moments of, I am here for more. I, I am here for a purpose. I am, I'm not just here to check out of my life, but in fact, I want to live it. And there's this stepping in factor that happens. And I'm curious whether that was in the macrodose for you. And if so, like what took place? Yeah. Or if that has been in microdosing and you've had aha moments within that.
1: it's. Um, I think one one of the biggest escapes that I had was fear, right? That fear of failure, that fear of what do I do next, that fear of what happens if CNN is gone, what happens if I get fired from CNN, that fear of like, well, you know what, let me just chill and then I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll, 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 we'll go ahead and figure it out. But there was this fear, there was always this fear of, of it was almost like failure. Like what happens, you know, if I if I get fired from CNN, I fail, right? If I start a new business and it doesn't go right, I fail, right? If um you know I couldn't hold my marriage together, it failed. Like what there was this, there was this sort of sense of failure, and the first macrodose that I've had, I, I had it on my birthday, my fifty fifth birthday, um, and it took me back to these moments in my childhood um that i needed to go back to to have a couple things explained. one why they happened, right what was what was the purpose and the i don't want to call it the perpetrator right but the other character the other protagonist in the story in my life that's what they knew they didn't know anything right and then maybe there was a message there and, and, and it was, you know, being woken up at a very early moment in, in, in my childhood, I think it was like eight years old and being woken up at three o'clock in the morning to get disciplined for failing a test. Right. And the medicine was like, that's your your failure. failure comes from that. Your failure failure comes from the discipline that you has a child that when you failed, you did something wrong when you failed on a test when something was broken that the consequences were were like to die i mean it wasn't it wasn't child abuse i'm not i love my dad to death you know what I mean, but he didn't know any better he was he was a child of 13 and that's how he grew up and then maybe the medicine was like in all of this maybe what he was trying to do is say hey look your mother and I sacrificed everything we had to come to this country, right? So that you can have a better future, and you're not putting up your part. You're not. You're, you're not schooling. Right? So the medicine was like that fear of failure, and that's where that comes from. So don't fear. Don't don't let. Don't be a prisoner. Don't have functional freeze because of failure. I right? don't think that that's going to happen. And if you feel that, you know what. In the past, you didn't honor your dad with scores you had. Honor him with this. Make him proud of this. Make him proud that you, at the age of 55, have started your own business, right? You're you're trying to make it for yourself. You you you're someone else could have drowned in the sea of depression or been stuck in a storm of anxiety at 55, losing everything. I mean, I lost, but pretty much identified. I mean, I was a producer at CNN for half of my adult life. That's everything I knew, and from one day to the next, it was taken away at the age of 55. You know how many companies are hiring 55-year-old producers? Not many. Not many, especially with AI. Not many. Especially with kids coming out of Harvard that can't find a job as a lawyer but want to be a writer and somehow be a producer so they could do political stuff and they'll make or ask for half. So it's sort of the medicine really said, look, don't fear don't don't fear and i've taken that every day now every day it's you know when i microdose my intentions on a daily basis is don't let fear creep in not even for a second those doubts you know if they come there just you know just talk to them, face them and go this is this is why i'm this is why i don't fear you this is why i don't so so the medicine has really taught me to do that to sort of live in the now, live in the present, don't, the, the doubts come from the future, right? Like, right? I doubt what's gonna happen, you can't doubt the past, the past is already gone. That's what happened. So it's, it's really living in the present, Say, okay, what can I do right now at this moment, So whatever has me anxious to be able to, um, to be able to figure out what's gonna happen. And, and, and I think it, it's, it's a really great, valid question, and especially for me, who is so brand new in the space because the question I sometimes ask myself is, what would have happened to Caesar Marin if he loses his job at CNN and he hasn't found psychedelics? Does he continue down the road of the addiction with the cannabis and continue to escape life until his family gives up on him, his wife gives up on him, or he gives up on himself, right? Or did psychedelics say, Hey, wait a minute. Come here, guy, mean, we got to talk to you. mushrooms, have something to say to you, but listen, but you have to listen. You have to, you have to listen. You have to integrate and you have to do the work. Losing your job, saved your life. It, it did. it, it, it I, I think it did. I think it potentially did.
2: No, it did. And I <laughs> hope that you find that power in that cause you were chosen. because there's a you you have a shakiness around it and you shouldn't because when you're chosen you're chosen and you have to feel that and you have to embody that and the thing is is that there's ageism that people your age have about themselves and this is something that i see in my mother and i see that there's this like well my life's over no, you get to reinvent yourself, and this is what we're trying to change in society: is that age? Who the fuck cares? cares. It, <laughs> it doesn't does matter. matter. And we need your generation. The problem is, is that yeah. the wisdom has been taken, and the and you've probably seen this in Colombian culture, and like elders were a thing. Now, elders, it's like, well, what the fuck do you know? Good like, enough. there's this like disposable energy frequency that's quite frankly, fucked up. And I, you know, when I actually we work with several clients your age, and it's like, step in because we need you. It's not the 30 year olds. I I mean, we're in our 30s, but to be honest, most of them are arrogant, have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Mm. And we need people with families with wisdom that are fighting for their marriages, that are struggling because The thing is, is like the programming really started with your generation and our generation is trying to break that. But if you guys break it, then it becomes a chain reaction. So we need you guys to step out of the matrix, step out of corporate America, say, I lost my job for a reason and I'm stepping in and it's time. It's time society changes. It's time that age doesn't matter, That there's community, that there's togetherness and there's an energy that starts with you guys because we can't do it we can say, I don't care about age. And I don't like, I I need your wisdom, but until you guys step into that value and don't think that your life is over just because, you know, the government and everything doesn't think that there's value in people that retire that it's time that we stop that narrative. And we stop that um, devaluation of age because age is wisdom. Age is actually, I wouldn't want to go back to my twenties. No, mm. I wouldn't want to go mm. back to three years ago when <sighs> I was still in the matrix, when I wasn't awake, when I didn't see things, you were out of the matrix officially
0: three <laughs> years ago. Cause you lost your job in in June, just, just for the record, yeah. it's been three, three years, years. especially three.
1: yes.
2: <laughs> but there, but there's, um, but it was taken from me just like you. And there was so much of like, what the fuck, uh, like, yeah,
1: what yeah, was going to happen.
2: And you. You know that's such a story and you have seen it you have this platform that's been given to you in a way because that gives you a voice it gives you credibility and everything's been building to this moment um and i'm actually really excited to see what you do because i want one of those microdosing
0: shirts just to. for the record yeah, so <laughs> no, no, don't We're worries. we got
1: two, we got 2 don't worry i have both of you but i just men you men need you you yeah. um men need you. wow you 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 gave me goosebumps you made me tear up um you you filled me with so much energy and with so much new desire um to do what i'm to to continue to do what i'm doing right to continue to um again sometimes i step back and i go okay where if nine months ago ten months ago someone would have said look you're going to be you know, a thought leader. You're going to be a voice for your generation. You're going to go to the biggest psychedelic conference that has ever been put on and you're going to be smack dab in the middle of it. And people are going to be coming up to you and you're going to create this platform and people are going to come up to you and go, holy cow, thank you for opening my eyes. I would have said, you're, you're crazy. You're like, you're crazy. And now I stand here and I go, wait a minute, holy cow. Like what, sometimes I go like, what's going on? Like what's happening? As more people sort of, gravitate and, and come and, and, and i and i and i open up to more things of the possibility of what i can do right that it's not just me there's things out there i would love to put together a micro dosing coaching coalition right that microdosing coaches have a resource where they can all come together and share information and share resources and share sourcing and share stories where people can say hey you know what what should I look for in a microdosing coach? What should I not look for in my, in other words, there's there's so much stuff out there to still be done, but where do I start? And it's like you said, be that voice, be out there, continue to do what you're doing, continue to, um, and not just, and not just my generation, which is an incredibly big part, but I think more important, men, my generation, right? The men, my generation have come to this moment, like I said, where, where is, uh, I'm getting close to an expiration date. I got friends close to me dying of cancer. How long am I going to have left? And, you, and, and, the, and most of them fall into two pockets. One, they've been grinding for most of their lives. And then they have everything. They have a $2 million home. They have the Ferrari. Their kids each got a Mercedes when they were 16. But you know what? They have nothing. Their kids aren't coming home to empty. dinner. Because you know what? Because my dad was an asshole. My dad, all he did was throw Mm -hmm. money at me. He didn't go throw a ball with me. He didn't just throw money at me. He was never there when I needed him. Or you're 50 and you're just going through the motions. You're just, I got 10 years left and hopefully I can retire. Hopefully I'll win the lottery. Hopefully my life. Hopefully, hopefully. Hope, hope, hope. Hopefully. Beg, beg, beg. No, life is now. Life is immediately now. And you can transform yourself. You can. If you won Believe in yourself. If you wake up every day and before you pick up that stupid-ass phone, look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? I'm a badass. And today's going to be an amazing day. And I love you, guy in the mirror or woman in the mirror. And you go out and you share that love with everyone else, you can transform anything. You can do anything you want. It's all how you wake up and figure it out in the morning. It's all what your intentions are on a daily basis. It's all how you sort of take ownership of what happened during the day and at night. Go, you know what? What was my high and what was my low of the day? Where am I going? And for men, my generation, it's it, this wake up is needed. Where we, my generation, as you said, was the was the ones that sort of got stuck, right? And they got stuck mm-hmm. for many reasons because men, my generation, were told your feelings don't you dare. I don't I don't talk about that. I don't talk about my feelings. I never talk about my feelings. That's my feelings. Get out of my face. Vulnerability? No, that's a weakness. I can't show you that I'm vulnerable. I'm a I'm a tiger. I'm an alpha. I'll I'll slice your throat and kill you if I have to. Or you know what? Crying. Man, don't I don't cry. You know, my kid graduated. I'm proud of him. I don't cry. I'm gonna hold those back. I'm gonna hold that emotion back. So it's like it's all this bottling in of emotions that men my generation have. And then you ask yourself, why are why are so many of them taking their lives? Why are so many of them on prescription drugs? Why are so many of them just? lost by so many of them and, and and I think that's why it's that lack of awakening they're in that matrix that it's sort of it's its doggy dog like, oh the dude across the street just got a 78 TV 70 inch inch TV that means that mine is now obsolete I got to go get an 80 inch one no why or what for what live now enjoy the things around you enjoy the present moment enjoy the conversations with your kids enjoy the conversations with your wife enjoy conversations with your neighbor Stand outside in front of the yard and wait till someone comes by. And, hey, neighbor, hope you're having a good day. I am. I'm microdosing. <laughs> you could be smiling like me. It's, It's again, it's, well, and it, okay. it's, it's yeah, it's, It's. it's again, it's, it's, but you're right. This generation, my generation needs to, needs to, needs to have a swift kick in the ass and awakening because there's still a lot of life to live. There's still a lot of life to live.
2: Well, you guys were sold the ultimate lie you were sold the ultimate lie and you believed it and now coming out of it is fucking hard it's like oh my god i was promised all of these things in material and you went so far down the rabbit hole into what i refer to as hedonism because it's materialism.
1: materialism
2: and it's like if i have money if i have all of this stuff right and i always ask people you think money makes you happy why are people in hollywood killing themselves why are not like every supermodel married and happy if beauty is what really matters Mm. and it's like we've been sold this lie and the thing is is the things that i actually was on instagram yesterday and i saw this post and it said if you lose all your money you lose nothing there's always more money Uh if you lose your health you lose something but if you lose your character and the people you love you lose everything." everything so true everything so true and we spend we we spend how long we most people spend 40 hours a week you know working doing all these things how much time do you actually spend with the people that you love like we've been sold this it's been a lie yeah and that money's everything yeah. and it's actually funny because when you stop caring about money is when all of it shows up it's like i don't even care about this anymore yeah and yes. then it's like so true. boom everything happens because when you stop thinking that that when when i when i get that i'm going to be happy when i get that i'm going to be happy and just are then that's the law of attraction that's the law of love it's vibration and it's you know i mean once once you realize that it's true i mean i've sat moments in my life and just like came out of meditation and just like the things i used to think were real the things that I used to believe in, and you know, and that's why this work is so important, your mm-hmm. work and everything, because there's so many people that have still bought into this. But that's why they're killing themselves. They don't know. They they don't know what's real and what's not. And they've bought into this. And it's especially men, because men tend to be more focused on things because women cultivate community, usually like yeah. the relationships, things like that, because mm-hmm. of the way we're wired. But Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's it's the, the death rate in men has gone up 60% in the last three years. It's
1: crazy. That's,
2: that's insanity. I'm like, men, we need you. Please stop dying.
1: Stop dying. Please. uh, Just look at your kids. Look at your kids. Look at your kids in the eyes. Look at your wife in the eyes. Look at your mom in the eyes. Look at whoever's close to you in the eyes. And one, realize that people need you. And two, realize Mm -hmm. that that's what's important. Not all the other shit that you have, man. So, so you have five Rolexes. Who fucking you? You can't wear five of them at the same time. You look like a moron, right? So also,
0: you can't take five of them to the grave with you. Exactly, you can only so, wear two. Yeah, exactly. So where's the other three exactly. gonna go?
1: Who's gonna who's gonna keep those? Someone someone said it's sort of it's um um consumerism. It's just things to consume your time. That's yes, it just consumes yeah. your time. Whatever it's just it's just time consuming, right? So how much it was it was so funny because I just. And 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 as I as we talk about this, I just moved homes, and you realize that even if you want to live minimalist, there's sometimes a lot of stuff that you carry just because. And even then, it's still like, do you, do you really need like a fan for every single one? <laughs> like it's like no, no you don't. Are these things. It's like it's it's crazy talking. It just consumes, and it's just again, the idea. And and it's all of this. I think this awakening in the psychedelic world. The people who who have been awakened. That we continue to have these conversations, right? What people go? So why, the, why do you wear a shirt that says micro? I don't manifest the fact that I drink beer or that you know I do heroin or that I snort coke. And I was like, oh okay, that's like that's okay. But the idea is that you know, this starts conversations, right? That I wear this and someone says. You microdose? I've heard about that. I've read about that, but I have no one to talk about with it. Can you cultivate me with some wisdom so that maybe I can smile like you're smiling? Or, like happened to me a couple weeks ago, I'm in the supermarket and some woman comes up to me. She goes, You microdose? And I went, Yeah, how can you tell because of my smile? She goes, No, because of your shirt, dumbass. And I was like, Oh, okay, I get it. (laughs) And she she goes, She goes, She goes, Before I started to microdose, I would have a bottle of wine every day. And I'd come home, the day was a bit shit, you know. Just give me a wine, I'm just gonna have a wine. And she'd have a glass of wine. She's like, oh, let me have a second glass, you know. But then she forgot about her kids, she forgot about work, you know. And she's like, I'm not gonna leave the a little bit of the wine bottle left, let me have the rest of the wine bottle. So she's like, by the third glass, I forgot my kids, I forgot everything, I forgot why I was drinking. Because now I microdose every third day, I'm more present for my kids. I sit down, I do homework with them, I'm happier. The more present for my husband it's like my life is completely changed Like, right? so that's the idea of the apparel right but again if maybe i'm some dude with a tie-dye shirt and some mushrooms on it she's not gonna go hey let me talk to this guy about biker dosing <laughs> she's gonna be like yeah. who's this deadhead that's in the supermarket with me right so it's, it's-
0: i mean it's it's a great way of getting rid of stigma. I love. I I love it. it. I know. I'm like,
1: like. I'm probably going to order. Like can I have a
0: t-shirt? t-shirt? Can I have a hoodie? Yeah. Are you going to be at Wonderland? Looks <laughs> yes, like. Of course. Oh, are you going to be? I a will Wonderland? be at Wonderland. Yeah, I will can... be. And,
1: and I'm actually. Amazing. Yes, I'm actually looking to do different collabs with different people. I I I love. There's so many. There's this is this is one thing that has really, um, softened my heart more than it already is because I am a softie. Um. In the corporate world, it was very doggy dog. It was very, like, backstabby. Yeah. It was very, like, you know, whose rundown is bigger than mine, whatever type of situation. It was just, just sort of in the psychedelics place. I've never felt so welcome. I've never felt mm-hmm. so and, – and, and, I, and I felt it even more at psychedelic science where you saw, like, mm-hmm. someone that had a grow kit next to someone else who had a grow kit. And it wasn't like, oh, well, don't go talk to him. He's a competition. Petition, it was like, hey, so what are you doing? What substrate are you using? And who's making your cultures? And how are you guys shipping? Because you know how we're doing it. It's sort of, it's like this love yeah. fest that people just want to, yeah, to be part of this wonderful community and say, hey, talk to me about your experience, share. And, and what are we doing? How can we collab? What can we do? How can we work together to spread the word? Right? Because it's like, I, 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 my adage is that, look, if I talk to five people, Two of them are going to go. There's no way in hell, ever. There's no way that shit is going to change your mind. I've seen people jumping off of roofs. I've read the stories. I've read the stories of people losing. It's not going to happen. You're going to have two people that you're going to poke at their childhood curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. And they might, they might not. But you might have that one person that's going to say, "That's what I've been looking for. That's what I've needed in my life. Look at how he changed." He's going through, she's going through exactly what I was going through. And they they, they, they tried psychedelics, they did the work and, and look at them now. And maybe that person goes out and talks to five people and instead of changing one person's mind, he changes two people's mind. That's right. That's what the work is. No, that's what to continue to grow this mycelium, right? To continue to, 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 to grow um, you know, people's awakening because we do I think we're we're at a moment in humanity that the more awakened people we have the better the the, the more potential we have of saving everything
0: well and it's really funny that you mentioned it's well it's not funny but it's it's fascinating um that you mentioned how the psychedelic community is such a like collaboration um because i know and i can i can't speak for megan but i know she probably feels very similar to me um you know we just hosted our first big ayahuasca retreat down in mexico and we got a lot of blowback because it was very traditional We sat three nights. We had cambo. We had rapé. It was it was very traditional, something that you would experience if you would go down to Colombia or go down into Peru, and you know these shamans we've worked with for a very long time, or they've worked in the medicine for a very long time. Like this is not just Joe Schmo up in Portland who's brewing ayahuasca. And you we know, have a no white boy policy. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <Or what? laughs> no offense. No offense. The white boys. The no but I don't um, sit with white boys. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it was interesting because at first there was a lot of potential like, oh my gosh, are these shamans gonna work with us because we are Americans? Mm. Like, are they, you know, are they gonna push yeah, back against yes, us yes. for and we were received so well. Like they, you know, the shamans that we work with now, they're, their family. Like, and at first it was that whole instinct of like, Oh, like, Oh my God, are they going to think we're using them? And like this very abrasive Western thing thinking that we have been attuned to, right? Like dog eat dog yeah. world, corporate yeah. world. Like, and now it's, it's, they've become family, right? They've become a part of us. And then, you know, we see people reaching out to us, like, oh, I want to be on your podcast and, oh, you know, like, what is, what are you guys doing to grow your community and what can we bring to, you know, your community, Mm -hmm. but you can bring to ours. And it, it really is something that, so it's, it's helping destigmatize just that whole competition and that really just, we're all actually massive mass consciousness. We're just energy. And when you're in that frame of mind, and I totally used to be in it before I was in psychedelics, I was in a very competitive world and it was just, it was, it was aggressive. I was, I had, I couldn't be feminine. I was like, I had to be in my masculine all the time. It was all about my numbers. It was all about my productivity. It was all about like, Oh, I have to get do better than that person because you know, we're pinned up against each other. And now it's it's not like that at all. At least I don't feel like we have ran into any of that um, competitive vibration. And I think that so much of psychedelics has opened at least my mind and my heart to being like, what does that other person have to offer me? But what do I have to offer right. them without any expectations or this like competitive, Angst around it, well, but I also think
2: once you wake up, it's really easy to start to feel people's vibration I and was intention. Gonna, yeah, right? I was, it's so simple. Yeah, it's like yeah. I actually got called. I didn't want to do ayahuasca retreats to be completely honest. I actually <laughs> he was like sat in an ayahuasca answer. retreat or sat in yeah. an ayahuasca ceremony, and then I had a vision of like doing ayahuasca retreats and that the Western world really needs ayahuasca, but they need western people to bring them to the traditional shamans yes. and i was like oh, how the hell am i gonna do that they don't want to work with me i'm a white girl like i don't like mm-hmm. I, don't yeah, I don't understand like yeah. I, yeah, don't exactly. know, I don't know and i don't want to like get in the middle of all of this yeah. and then it was so funny because i went up and i you know talked to one of the shamans and i was like asking and this and that and they're like yeah i mean we know that america needs the most <laughs> yeah. healing and i was like oh yeah shit. yeah, yeah. Uh, so they were totally open to it. And, you know, we, I feel honored every day, but again, when you have that divine calling, and this is kind of what I was saying Mm -hmm. to you, because I see it in you, because I saw it in myself and it's like, I didn't feel worthy. There was this unworthiness to something that big. Like I was like, I don't, you know, that's not for me to step into. But the thing is, is when you're called, you're called and you're chosen and you do it. It's not about you. And so me circling mm. full back around to why i even said that is that the people in this community that are here right now have been called and they're that they, you were chosen by the medicine you weren't chosen by money or
0: any of the things you weren't chosen by your resume you, you didn't, didn't
1: apply <laughs> for this job <laughs> it's, it's, like, exactly. it's, i didn't apply for this job This
2: no but it's proving <laughs> that there's mass consciousness and that this is part of your divine you know um contract with the universe of like Mankind needs help, who's gonna step in? And part of that is learning that when you have a feeling with your heart, the mind thinks, but the heart knows. When your heart has the instinct, the intuition, or the vision, if you're on psychedelics, cause you'll get all sorts of stuff when you start yeah, yeah. really doing this. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's stuff you don't want to do. It makes you really uncomfortable, but I had to go into it with an open heart. And that's what's changed my life is that I don't think about it. There's a knowing. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is what the medicine wants, like, who am I? Who am I to question? And if you try to stop it, you're gonna get in trouble. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, because I've also done that too. So um, yeah, that wasn't pretty.
0: You just,
2: <laughs> but I think everybody has that's that, um, you know, collaboration because we're all like, we don't really know what we're doing, but we know that the world needs this, and we know what it's done
1: for, well, us. for us. So.
2: Well, for us how do I get this to more people so that there is this community and this awakening to the mass consciousness and this awakening to what human life should actually be. Cause it should be full of joy and dance yeah, and well, love, not this like compete, control, conquer, like beat the crap out each of each other. other yeah. Like see how we can get more power. It's about the fight for love, not the fight for power. Um, and it's, it's painful at times. I won't lie, but the thing is, is like I've never been more alive. All about, I've never been
1: happy. It's not all about spreading this. It's all about spreading this.
2: Oh my god, I love it. Much love. Oh, okay. I want one of those. I know. I'm like, <laughs> it's we'll all, be sending you an email. It's all about. Guys, we'll post love. this on our Instagram. And, and, these and, are yeah, great. we'll post and do, all this stuff. What it's do, great. What don't He's we do showing us a
1: 20% us. discount for everyone that is listening. Everyone on the podcast, we'll do a Zen 20 podcast uh, discount. So they use the code Zen 20. Um, and you can put it in the notes. we'll'll we'll twenty percent discount. Yep, we'll or, put it in the show but notes. but it's it, it's true what you My said. Eyes. and 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 it was going back to um when Nicole was talking about the sort of pushback of maybe, I'm sure that if you would have been a pair who would have been down there talking to shamans with dollar signs in your eyes and more you know, well, no, you know what? This isn't rich enough and we need, you know, we need to make sure that people have golden utensils and we need to make sure that people have comfortable beds and we need to make sure that if people are going to sort of purge, that they have somewhere nice to sort of put their head, excuse me. Like yeah. are you, Yeah. so you guys went down there with your heart and you said, mm-hmm. look, and that's why I'm sure why someone with their, feet completely connected to the ground like a shaman was like, I I know what they're doing. I know. I yeah. feel what they're doing. And and that's why it worked. Right? That's why it's sort of there's a lot of people writing psychedelics with the S as a dollar sign. And they're doing it intentionally, they're doing it on post. They're doing it because whatever it is, it's sort of that's a problem to me. You know what I mean? That's right. sort of like this isn't about money. This is about healing. This is about awakening. This is about whether you believe in God, whether you believe in Buddha, whether you believe in Mother Nature, whether you believe in the universe, whether you believe in Allah, whatever you believe in. Somehow there's this thing called the earth. And the earth has given us these medicines for us to awaken, for us to be conscious, for us to be in tune with who we are and potentially can be. Right. That's what it should. That's what psychedelics, that's what sort of mind-opening Mind manifesting should be about, not about.
0: Well, and I think that is so important. It's the power of Mother Gaia, Pachamama. It's all of this, like Peyote. It's the power of like Mother Earth, right? We have become so disconnected in the world. Every every culture has been disconnected because of Big Pharma of big Western medicine of this, of that, of whatever, right? Like this agenda, that agenda, this, this narrative, that narrative that we so often in a lot of our clients, you know, like they'll be having a day and we're like, just go put your feet in the grass. And they're like, excuse me. And we're like, no, no. Like for real, like this isn't some hippie, weird shit. Go put your feet, bare feet out on the grass and tell me how you feel. And they always come back and they're like, how did you know how to do that? And we're like, well, one, we like have done it ourselves, but two, like that is like, it's healing earth energy. We come from the earth. These plants we work with are from the earth, mycelium, their networks. I mean, we're all, it's all connected. And the more you work in plant medicine, the more you become connected at that deeper level Mm -hmm. that this 3d, you know, projected world upon us becomes something that you're just like, you know, at a certain point, you almost then start to crave being in mother nature and being outside of like, Oh my gosh, like I am present in this moment. The sun is shining. The birds are out. And like before you may have not even noticed it, you know, it's like children, right? They're obsessed with flowers and butterflies and like dogs. And they're always outside. They're always got their feet in the ground, like children, or it takes that, that human veil away. Right. And we get to step back into like that real true rooted self of like who we really are. And it's it's just so um it's so powerful. I mean, even just like small microdoses, right? You just have those moments of like, oh my hands or oh my friend or oh my child oh, or my life
1: is so good. Life yeah. So and beautiful. it's like all of
0: the negativity just dissolves away. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, wow, I was in some really like how did I think like that? Who told me what what taught me to think this way? Or you know, and it, it becomes this like clarity of just and the, the cool thing is, is that you don't have to continue to do it. Yeah. You get, you get to keep it and keep moving forward and be like, okay, I don't have to do this for a couple of months. Let me integrate. And I think that was, you know, this whole thing. I was, I kind of tangented for a second. Megan's been rubbing off on me. <laughs> um, I wanted to circle around about integration. Like in the very beginning of this podcast, you talked about integrating, right. Mm-hmm. And how important it is to not just take more medicine. But to if you if you think you need more medicine, you need more integration, right? Sure. Because you haven't done the work. You're now using it as a crutch. Mm-hmm. And so for you, I would love to under to hear a little bit about like your integration process. Like what did you use and how like the tools you cultivated to integrate some of those profound moments in your life.
1: So that's a, that's a great question. And 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 again one of the biggest works for me was the addiction, right? That, that addictive personality, because that addictive personality was really a distraction, right? It sort of it became a distraction of what really needed to be done. So for, for me, most of my integration is really being in the present, right? Always being and knowing that the only moment that exists in my life is right now, that what I did, you know, last week, a week ago, an hour ago, that's that's God. So so the biggest part of my integration is that. And how do I do that? I do that by one, you know, at, at night journaling a little bit about what my high and my low were of the day. Right? Just sort of be and right now, right now, what was it that I felt was really good about the day and what could I have worked on on the day? That's a huge part of integration. For me, integration is also realizing what needs to be done, right? My last macro dose that I had. Um, I went in with intentions of like, okay, what happens next? What I I need to sort of see, I want to ask the medicine what I need to do next to take this cultivating wisdom movement to the next level. And it took me down a road of seeing myself as a very sick, terminally ill patient. And and I lived and sat with that for about three hours of the feeling of that life is going to be over, that life is going to be – and and the medicine, the message from the medicine was like, Look, you started this wonderful business that you have. You have this idea, but there's a lot of things that you let go by the wayside. Right. You used to have an exercising regimen. And right? you'd wake up every day, exercise, get it done, and when now you've sort of lost that a bit. You lost, lost track of that. Now it's like, Oh, I gotta get up and send this email. Oh, and then I gotta get up and make do this meeting. Oh, and I gotta get up and and if you have a meeting, then wake up an hour earlier so that you can work out. And to right? Before, you, there was a lot of meal prep going on because you had a structure because of work. And, you know, your eating was a little bit more on point. Now you've lost that. Now you're just eating whatever. So the message was, if you don't integrate these practices back into your life, all this that you're working for, all these dreams that you have, you're not even going to be around to see them. You're not going to be around to see them. So... So, integration is to me listening. You have to listen to the medicine. You have to listen to what's going on. You have to listen to the messages that you get, and then work those into your life, right? And important, like we said, taking those breaks, those integration breaks, because that's where you then sit with your real stuff and go, "Okay, wait a minute. Back, um, back then, how did I deal with this? How did I deal with?" this anxiety, this depression? How did uh, how did I sit with it and work with it? That's, I think, to me, a big part of integration, sort of making sure that you do the work that the medicine has taught you.
0: I think it's so important to listen. Keyword, listen, mm-hmm. right? Because so often we come back and we're like, our ego is like, that medicine has no idea what it was saying. And you're like, Oh, whoa, 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 wait a second. I went through this like profound night or trip or whatever of either, you know, vomiting all night and making all these horrible choices of like in the head, or you're, you know, crying on the floor because you, you know, you're three grams deep and seven hours later. Right. And you're just like, where am Mm -hmm. I? And it's like the beauty of like, okay, take this for what it is without heavy attachment and, you know, integrating and bringing it to fruition into our lives or, you know, creating that almost, oh, this didn't happen continuing with this, you know, ego driven life Mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it really breaks down to choice. You know, it really is like, how are you going to choose to bring this to the table? Now you have choices and it reminds us so often plant medicine reminds us so often that every single thing in our life is a choice. And whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. we are constantly making choices. Just like we have thoughts, we have choices in every single moment of our lives. Um, And integration is a huge part of that choice. How are we going to do and what are we going to do with these lessons that are given to us? Because they are
1: gifts. Yeah. The integration is almost like the what? Like you said, like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to put this in place? How are you going to make this work? What are you going to do with the message you got? That's, that's you know and integration is incredibly important there's a t-shirt that we have that says the the dtis of microdosing dosage transition and integration <laughs> excuse me and then the integration is that's the most important part it's in capital letters because yep. of that you can't yeah. do the work without integration
0: absolutely yeah.
2: yeah and so many i mean and that's all about that's what we do framing and mindset because you don't get to control what happens. No, and we really saw this at our ayahuasca retreat on like a grand scale, yep. right? Because we're usually microdosing coaches, so we don't, you know, it's little things. Mm-hmm.
1: How and many people were this In ayahuasca, how many people? There was eight. Eight. Okay, eight.
2: Yeah. Uh, we brought eight people, but it's, and I'm really grateful that it wasn't, it wasn't nice, a nice lot <laughs> it was of people because, um, you know, it was humbling for me as well. There was a lot. I was like, I've sat in ayahuasca. I thought I knew what was going to go down. I had no fucking idea. Ayahuasca (laughs) had another thing coming for me. And I was like, holy hell. Like what? Because, you know, and again, that's also a lesson for me, but it was a lesson for everybody there of like, you don't get to choose what happens in the ceremony. And I had one of the girls when we were women, when we were doing integration said, I feel robbed. I'm like, how, How? Yeah. like, how how do you feel robbed? Because that's how you're like, that's victimhood. That's how you're receiving receiving something. That's your lesson. Like that's why what happened happened because it's showing you, you have a choice to look at this and be a victim or you have a choice to grow from the experience because I will say, and even the shaman said this, she, and it's a female shaman yeah. which is even which is really neat but it's she said i've never seen anything like that and neither and she's she's four generations shaman and she's like i've, I've never even heard of anything like this happening in really? this <laughs> ceremony really? and i was like holy shit i mean it was so mind-blowing the people yeah. that were there i was like all of you were chosen this was Profound. If you don't believe in a spiritual battle, now, you, now do. you do. We had people walking out of that ceremony saying, I wasn't religious and now I am. Oh, wow. Because it was so intense Thanks, and profound. sober. Oh, it was, it was wild. But again, you had a choice whether to be like, whole, like go into complete yeah. fear of like, holy hell, literally mm-hmm, hell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or I know the divine is real and I know that there's a God and light will always win, um, but you walk when you walk through something like that. You know, it's funny that Americans go to because the shaman went to. Oh my gosh! Now I feel like I can face anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the gut yeah. guardians and stuff. Everybody was like, "Wow! Like that was intense." But I'm so grateful because now I'm not like I'm not afraid of anything. Exactly. But then the Americans were like, "We were robbed. That's not what I wanted." da 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 da. da. And I'm like. You don't get to choose the medicine. Yeah, exactly. Looked at all of us and said, "This is what they're going to
0: go through. This is the ceremony."
2: And what was wild, it was all women. We brought eight women down there,
0: and, and it was with like a woman, with a feminine or... shaman, all, all ages. ages.
2: We even had women in their 60s there, yeah. all the way down to like early 20s. 20s, yeah, early 20s. And I, I mean, again, it was even it was even conf- Well, it was the most confronting to Nicole and I, we're the one running, running correct. the ceremony. Yeah, so we were, I mean. But the funny thing is, is that we were like, "Huh, like this is happening right now." Like, "Wow!" wow. And we were like giggling.
1: Yeah, night like,
2: three, because... night three, we're giggling. Oh yeah, no,
0: that's it was oh, three
1: night, nights, right? right now, like... You guys had three nights. Oh,
0: three nights, three. Okay, that's night. traditional Correct.
2: to Yes. in at least yeah. three. And um, I, I mean, but the 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 victimhood. I was like, this is all around victimhood. You guys are inviting yeah. in dark energy when you're in victimhood, and d- d- Victimhood, which is in ninety percent of yeah. people, and I even struggle with it at times. That's what this does, and but you see it in the spirit plane. And I, I it was I. All I can say is, if you Powerful. have any kind of victim mentality, no, no. And walk away. Yeah bad choice, bad choice. No, and, and, <laughs> bad bad choice. choice. and I think
1: it, the other thing is when you, when you say the word I got robbed, that means that you had expectation. You had an expectation yes. of what was going to happen with this, mm-hmm. with any type of plant medicine, you should not have expectations. You'd have intentions, right? Expectations are not what you want. That's not because every single journey is going to be different everyone's you can have two people you have two twins that weigh the same have lived exactly the same have exactly the same medicine and their experiences are going to be completely different right so it's don't feel robbed that something opened up your mind to seeing things differently than what you're seeing at them now right that awakening of consciousness is is you're getting something that maybe you saw different, that maybe you had expectations that you were gonna see angels and butterflies, and you were gonna see yourself as a CEO of some major company. You know what I mean, making kazillions of dollars, and that's what you came here to look for. that's it's not, it's not what this is here for. It's not. Right. Yeah, you, 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 if that, if those were your intentions to see yourself as some kazillionaire, no medicine, then. Made you realize that that's not what's going to happen. That maybe that's not your calling. So, so you're right. It's 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 these sometimes expectations that people have that say, "Well, I've been microdosing for a week and a half now, and I I don't feel anything, so I'm not going to do that anymore." That's
0: my favorite. That uh, you should make that into a shirt. You should make that like on the front. <laughs> it should say, "I've been I microdosing for a week," and on the back side, "I don't feel. <laughs> I, don't feel <laughs> I don't feel anything." That, that really- is so. I don't what are you supposed to like? And, and, you know, it's so often it's, it's funny because it's like, I think that mushrooms are a really nice, like stepping stone into working into the heavier, heavier medicines. Right. Yeah. Because it, it teaches you surrender and it teaches you all these things. And, you know, we were in, we were having, we were hosting this ayahuasca ceremony and, you know, had I not had ayahuasca prior and mushrooms prior and other practices prior, you know, there was at a point where, I actually think that the frog medicine was more painful for me physically because we did cambo because I had so much fear around vomiting. Mm -hmm. I hate Mm -hmm. to puke. Like I hate, and I don't, I normally don't puke during ayahuasca. Um,
2: you did this, but I did this time. time.
0: time. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's so interesting. Right. Right. With all of these expectations, like, cause I, I, I have had these like moments where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm, in a dark space. I know I need to process this. Right. But like when you're on your knees, really processing something and you're begging, Mm -hmm. right. And you're just like, fuck, Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be in this anymore. I want to out. And you realize the power of your mind and you come back to that intention Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I set this intention to be here. I wanted to see this. I am here because I want to see See this. this." it then becomes no longer that expectation, but it's that mind frame. That's so important. And you know, when we went into this ceremony with these eight other individuals, it was so interesting because the shamans always have you verbally set your intention. So often people don't verbalize it or they don't write it down, right? They're so stuck in their head. Like I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. But when you're writing, you're writing from your soul, your heart, your subconscious mind. Right. And, it becomes this thing of like, when you're microdosing, when you're using ayahuasca, whatever it is, right? If you follow the patterns, you start to see, oh, wow, I'm not working this. Yeah. I'm resisting this or I'm resisting that, right? Because we want to fight it because it's new yeah, and yeah. it's opening that mind of like, oh, I that's uncomfortable. And that's not what I was taught. And oh, that's not what I think mm-hmm, it's going to be. Mm-hmm um but you know that that intention is so it is so powerful and it's not just powerful with plant medicine is powerful in life, life. Yeah. it's the key to manifesting yeah. it's the key to life and when you're clear with the universe and you're clear with your intentions nine times out of ten it's going to come to 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 fruition and that one time it just looks a little different usually
1: yeah yeah and and, and you were and so the power of it and you were so right about the, the power of writing it down right so it, it, yes. there's there's, there's a, a big difference between thinking these are my intentions and writing down these are my intentions and seeing them and then right. like you said then like the shaman had people say now speak them out loud speak your intentions out loud so you yep. yourself can hear them and manifest them that that's what's going to happen because it's that's, that's where it starts, right? I, I tell people, look, without intentions, you're just taking these medicines, right? It's sort of, if you yeah, don't guide it's it, an, it's, it's a roadmap for the medicine to sort of try to guide you to where you're going. That it's always going to know that it might sort of have different intentions of what it needs you to see. And I think that's what happened in my last big macro journey. Um, but it's, 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 again, it's not having expectations. It's having intentions. It's not having the expectation. What, what is it that I'm going to feel? What is this? So when when do I know? No, no. It's, 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 you know, my wife, the first day she microdosed, it was funny um, because she was, her intentions were like, I just, I want to have the medicine help me to be better at my job, right? To sort of see how I can sort of open up a little bit and, and create something better at work. And the first day that she microdoses, her and her boss were doing this training session for a uh, an outsource company that they were going to outsource their stuff to my wife came to this country when she was 16 so she feels that she has an accent she feels that in, you know public, speaking publicly she's very hesitant she's very trepidous of, of her accent um so and, and you know two three people she speaks fine in public and big people she's like oh, I'm, I'm sort of concerned i'm scared and like 10 minutes before the session, before the training session, her boss sent her a text and says, I'm so sorry. I can't do this. I have a conflict. You have to do this by yourself. And she said, all of a sudden, she was like, what? And she got terrified for a second. And she said she took a deep breath and went, wait a minute. I know this. I do this every day. Like, what am I concerned about? And if they don't understand it, I'll just go over it again. After the training, they literally said to her, that was the best training we've ever had because finally someone told us not why not how to do stuff but why we're doing stuff like that and it was for her it was like okay it sort of gave her that confidence in herself she didn't feel anything she didn't feel luby she didn't feel high she just took that deep breath and said you know what life is good and i can do this that's to me it's you know people go well what about what protocol should i use well you gotta sort of figure that out your own. you gotta read you gotta maybe find someone that can guide you who knows you know what protocol could work for what you're looking for. A dosage, well, dosage is a tough one too because it's sort of dosage can change for everyone; can be different. To me, what I look for is what you know. Anyone who's had a psychedelic experience, that afterglow, that sort of feeling mm-hmm. afterwards, where it's like the real thing. Life is so good. That was challenging, you've been but, rebirthed. Yeah, but life is so wonderful. That's what you should look for in your microdosing practice. You feel that? That you feel like life is really good. life well, my yep. life is good. My family's wonderful. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's in good mood. We're, we're all doing well. My life is, is wonderful. I think that when you find that 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 sweet spot, as they call it, that's when that's when you sort of realize how wonderful things are.
0: Absolutely. Well, I we have taken a good solid solid hour yeah, and fifteen minutes of your thing. day, and no. we've really enjoyed it. I it's think... been a great conversation, and um, I would like to ask you. If you were to give anyone advice about maybe starting a protocol or getting involved with this community and this work, what would be your, your, your give your, your advice of how to break
1: into it or begin and start their journey? Reach out, reach out, look for a local psychedelic association. There's many of them. These are wonderful, wonderful people. Like-minded people, talk to them. They can help with coaches in the area. They can help with sourcing. They can teach you how to grow your own medicine, potentially. So definitely reach out to these communities because of there. Number two, educate yourself. We live in a world where it's like you can Google microdosing 101 and and find out a lot. Um, They are uh, powerful medicines. <clears throat> they are um, to be... Uh, Handle with respect, with reverence, right? Be grateful. This isn't just some supplement. This isn't something I'm going to go into my medicine cabinet and pop two microdosing capsules because I had a bad day. No. Have some reverence for the medicine. Realize that the earth is given us this. This isn't something that was made in some labs and chemists and whatever. It sort of have some, some gratitude to what you're doing. Um, and know that there's work. If this isn't a magic it's just in the magic pill. And you'll never, you'll never ever hear me say the word magic mushrooms because magic comes from the human. You know, So I can sit here and eat five mm-hmm. pounds of mushrooms and sit on the couch and wait for the magic to happen. I might see a show. I might see, I might see some stuff disappeared stuff, but the personal magic, that's not going to happen. So the magic's in the human, the magic, the magic definitely is in the human. That's where it comes from. from, from doing the work from having intentions. So, um, you know, if your childhood curiosity is poked at, <clears throat> be a child. Be a child, but educate yourself. Educate yourself. Absolutely. Find some people. Find someone and go to... go ahead. Uh,
0: go I was gonna say and go buy a microdosing shirt to start Because you get Zen 20 percent <laughs> exactly. off exactly. for listening to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. And you listen and
1: you get and you listen to conversations, you start conversations, you might meet a friend. You know what I mean? You wear this shirt, someone who is interested in microdosing, you might spark up a conversation and somebody do something that they thought they could never do yeah. absolutely
2: is so are there men and women's styles or is it all it's, one all, it's style all there's just
1: we have a couple of women's styles we have a couple of crop tops there's some uh okay. we have some, some in is pretty cool So you go to the supermarket and have a oh, that's to cute. realism tote hmm. there's some cool do. stuff Cool stuff. We're, we're going to cool. add some more stuff to the store. The store is cultivating Cultivatingwisdom.net cultivating okay. is the store um, cultivating wisdom on Instagram. Um, it's a lot of me, my personal, you know, experience, my wisdom um, to sharing stuff that I have, sharing knowledge, sharing, you know, podcasts, sharing good products, you know, sharing good information. Um, I do, like I said, I want to get into the space of helping coach men, my generation, Sort of find a way to transform find a way to sort of really um get in tune and, and live every day um with love with with affection with totality um and then also again continue to be part of this psychedelic community right there's there's a whole bunch of really cool things going on um there's this thing called the ruck walk which um uh mental joe which is an apparel company for vets looking for psychedelic solutions to put together. They're looking to do a ruck march on Washington to say, Hey, you know what? Mm. Enough of this. You know, there's vets that really need this healing. Um, The moms on mushroom, they're looking to have a million moms descend on DC in the spring, which we definitely want to be part of that. How amazing would that for a million moms to descend on Washington and say, yeah, look at us. We're moms who use psychedelics and we're incredible. We're not in the woods. We're not doing. We're, we're, we're moms who are present. We're business owners who are raising wonderful children. So it's all it's, it's all being part of this moving forward, being part of this wonderful, beautiful psychedelic puzzle that we're all piecing together. and Find out you know where where I can put a little piece in and and help other pieces stick together.
0: Absolutely. I will be putting everything in the transcript in the show notes, along with all of the ways you can get your hands on this apparel, but also connect to the knowledge um, that is out there on his page, because he does have some great content out there. And thank you again for being on our show. We really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you guys. Thank you guys for being such a wonderful host for being again for the mission you have. How beautiful, how beautiful that we have strong beautiful moms women who are saying yeah look at us we're we're, we're moms we're thriving we're using psychedelics as life performance enhancers and and we want to awaken people we want people to see you know that that we're doing awesome things so thank you guys for what you're doing much love to you guys much love to all your followers you know who again are, are, are part of this psychedelic revolution let's let's continue to do what we do with smiles with conversations with sharing stories um You know, because like you said, this is you know, Megan said something to me that is that is just stuck right here in my head. That's a calling. It's a calling. Answer it. Continue to answer it. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for answering that calling. Thank you guys for you know affirming in me that this is this is my calling. You know, so appreciate that. Absolutely.